Hi everyone, this is Leslyn Keith. I'm President of the Board of Directors at the Lipedema Project and Director of Research. Welcome to Living Well with Lipedema. Today I have an excerpt from a free webinar with Siobhan Huggins that was provided by Lipedema Simplified during Lipedema Awareness Month in June 2021. Siobhan is a young woman in her 20s who discovered she had lipedema just recently in September 2020. In this excerpt, Siobhan compares and contrasts obesity fat and lipedema fat. She also discusses the possibility that lipedema is a connective tissue disorder. So I wanted to look at the actual fat tissue that helps define lipedema as a condition to see if there are more clues that could be found there. The same study that found blood vessel abnormalities also investigated the fat of lipedema. Importantly, they compared lipidemic fat to non-lipidemic fat from both obese and non-obese subjects in both groups to see if there may be important similarities or differences between them. The first thing they found was that in lipidema, there were very large oversized fat cells in the lipidemic tissue. And this is something that also shows up in obesity, but notably it was showing up in the women with lipidema regardless of whether they were obese or not. They also found a high number of immune cells in lipidemic fat, and they found what are called crown-like structures, which are made up of immune cells that surround a dead fat cell in order to clean up the debris. And crown-like structures are also found in obese fat, but again, were showing up in lipidema even when the person was not obese. Another similarity to obesity was the presence of fibrosis caused by collagen and other components of the extracellular matrix accumulating. This can essentially be thought of as like a type of scarring occurring in the fat. Just as a scar on your hand may come about from an injury, the fibrosis in fat tissue may also result from injured, dysfunctional, or dying fat cells. Interestingly, a high amount of fibrosis in obese fat tissue correlates with less weight loss after weight loss surgery, implying either that the fibrosis is indicative of already dysfunctional fat tissue that's not working properly, or that the fibrosis itself interferes with fat tissue function, or both. Perhaps the fibrosis is also what's resulting in the nodules that can be found in lipedema, uh, which are hard lumps that's actually in the fat. Perhaps this is a more severe form of scarring due to more extreme ongoing tissue injury than what's typically seen in obesity. If this is the case, it may explain the difference in fat loss between someone who is obese and someone who has lipedema. Just like if you severely scar your elbow, it may impact how well that joint functions in the future, it may be the case that severe scarring of fat impedes its ability to take up and release fat as it normally does. And this is occurring even more so in lipedema than obesity, but only in specific areas. As an example, if you starved someone who is obese, you'd expect fat loss to occur fairly evenly across the body. But with lipedema, you might find that the fat loss is disproportionate like what I saw. They may lose a lot from their upper body, but may not lose at all from lipidemic areas similar to how I didn't see much change in my arms, which are definitely the worst impacted for me. Perhaps damage and eventual scarring of the fat results in an impaired ability to gain access to the stored fat and thus difficulty losing weight in those areas, even if emaciated from starvation. If so, then addressing fat tissue health may be helpful to prevent this process, but the cause of the damage would have to be identified. The first thing that caught my attention was the prevalence of hypermobility in those with lipedema. So if you remember, I got diagnosed with this as well. Joint hypermobility is when joints are overly flexible, which can sometimes cause pain or muscle achiness and even spontaneous joint dislocation if severe. 
It can also be indicative of joint hypermobility syndrome or hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which are connective tissue disorders at the root. Uh, in one study seeking to differentiate lipedema from another fat tissue disorder, they found that an astounding 58% of women with lipedema had hypermobility per the Byton score shown in the previous slide. And that was compared to around like 25% in the other disorder. And when looking at hypermobility per stage of lipedema, it increased alongside the increasing stages with 85% of those with a very advanced stage lipolymphedema also having hypermobility. So that's worth paying attention to, I think. They go on to say that lipedema inherent to the condition may come along with differences in connective tissue, but they didn't just limit this possibility to joints, but also changes in blood vessels. So perhaps the blood vessel abnormalities that we're seeing in lipedema are also from this connective tissue thing, whatever it is. Further evidence for connective tissue abnormalities in lipedema can be found by looking at collagen spacing uh, collagen is a component of connective tissue, and increased spacing between the collagen fibers is essentially indicative of fluid accumulating between them. They found that in later stages of lipedema, there is increased spacing between the collagen fibers in the thigh, meaning more fluid accumulation. And notably, this was again specific to lipidemic areas and wasn't seen in obesity. They speculated this may be due to poor elasticity in the tissue that would otherwise push fluid out via lymphatic vessels. If it's not clear how the two relate to each other, you can think of more elastic tissue pulling back in on itself like a rubber band when stretched, and less elastic tissue would be more like compliant, like taffy when stretched, just kind of sitting there. Recall that lymphatic vessels take fluid up partially by increased pressure gradients, and if the tissue in lipidemic areas is more accommodating to this fluid accumulating than it should be and it's not pushing back, there may not be enough elastic pushback that would normally result in the pressure that helps remove the fluid. So it would just stay there. What would impact the elasticity of tissue in this way? Perhaps yet another sign of connective tissue differences in lipedema. So you can see a bit of a theme building up here. Signs of poor tissue elasticity can also be found in other areas of the body, including the connective tissue-rich aortic artery. And women with lipedema can also present with stiffening of the aorta, something that is also seen in another connective tissue disorder, Williams syndrome. So there's another link. Although lipedema is already considered a connective tissue disorder because fat is a type of connective tissue, if lipedema were more specifically caused by a connective tissue disorder that is messing with the formation or maintenance of connective tissue in general, so not just the fat but other areas, then this might explain many aspects of what we see in the condition, but not everything. So I wanted to understand things a little bit better than this. Thank you, Siobhan. Some interesting concepts in lipedema. I am so glad that you are putting these things together and sharing them with us. And thank you to you, our listeners. If you haven't already subscribed to our daily flash briefings of tips, tools, and research about lipedema, you can subscribe at Apple, Spotify, Amazon Alexa, or here at this website, lipedema-simplified.org slash flash, where you'll find an archive of all of our flash briefings. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time for another Living Well with Lipedema Flash Briefing.